You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 113. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado Roshan at Roro, the host of Large Popcorn and video essayist Christian Macias at ISO Christian. And we are retiring the pride of PlayStation. Goodbye, Sean Babiak. We don't even know if you're alive somewhere out there. But anyways, uh, and we are bringing in our new fourth co-host, and that is that other Halo fan, Gage at Gilbo Biggins. Welcome, everyone. Heck yeah. We did it. We're here. Avengers Assemble. Uh, <laughs> thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN and you will find us on there as well as twitch.tv slash Podcast PXN and Twitter as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is our Xbox themed news just in time for the 20th anniversary of both Halo and Xbox but first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Our quick bites that Christian has formally called these beautiful little bite-sized news stories. Uh, Gage, if you aren't familiar, we'll just go over this for you since you're the official new Hook co-host. You can just discuss this if you want to. You don't have to. These are just little bites, so... Feel little, free. little nuggets, one might say. Little nuggets. Little nuggets. A, a little cheese. <laughs> yes. Uh, our first quick bite, new Xbox 20th anniversary controller, which is uh, like a translucent design. I thought this was kind of uh, cool. It has one of Phil's Phil Spencer's lines inside of the battery pack of the uh, controller, which I thought was really cool. Uh, it says, when everybody plays, we all win. And he has his signature on the back cover of the battery um, uh, case as well, which I, I just thought that was super cool. Uh, nice little nod there to to Phil Spencer and a very cool line, you know, That's cool fair. guy. Did you man- did you manage to get your hands on one, Dan? Did you buy one? <laughs> it's, yes, if, I, if I had an Xbox, I'd go pro, dude. There's, they continue to kill with the controller again. It's funny you say that, Christian, because, oh. well, I have to show the audience on this camera. There is the actual thing that says, when everybody plays, we all win. And then like there's the controller. Yes, so I did get one. Very cool. All those games, and you're, and you're still playing with my heart, man. <laughs> I'm going to start with some controller as well. I'm going to start the theme of the show, which is Dan and I uh, having a fight night. Uh, with They got to retire the translucent. It doesn't look good. Sorry. No. It does. What? No. Matt Black. Matt Black all the way, baby. This Matt looks Black all the way. No, <laughs> this is Gabe, fire. On your, first, on your first episode as a co-host, I get to give you this. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's an L for people listening. <laughs> L for large brain. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's the bit. Nice. 
Anyways, moving on, more Phil Spencer. For some reason, this is weirdly like a quick bite episode of Phil Spencer, I just realized. But anyways, Phil Spencer has all but confirmed that Elder Scrolls 6 will be a Xbox console exclusive, guys. I thought this was uh, interesting. Uh, he, he essentially said that he doesn't see Elder Scrolls 6 leaving his platforms. Um, he said, it's not about punishing any other platform. Like I fundam fundamentally believe all the platforms can continue to grow, but in order to be on Xbox, I want us to be able to bring the full complete package of what we have. So obviously I, I wasn't surprised by this because obviously like they didn't, as I said, when they acquired Bethesda and many of us said it when they acquired Bethesda, they didn't acquire them to not make their games exclusive. So I didn't really see it too much of a surprise. Yep. Summed it up perfectly. I, I didn't nice to have like confirmation, seemingly confirmation of it, but yeah, no surprise to me either. Yeah. Uh, moving into the next little quick bite, another Phil Spencer little tidbit, which apparently he was, he was going on a tirade for with all kinds of things to say. <laughs> uh, but he was asked about NFT games, and he had a little bit of a, a thing to say. He said, what I'd say today on NFT all up is I think there's a lot of speculation and experimentation that's happening and that some of the creative that I see today feels more exploitative than about entertainment. Gage, don't you dare go into what I think you're going to do. But <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You can't. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that's a great point. Like what we were talking about when we were just talking about NFTs, what a week or two, two weeks ago, whenever that was, uh, too many times, Dan. Too many times. Too many yeah. weeks. It's 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 kind of like like what what are NFTs for? Like I don't I just yeah I, I haven't seen that you know that experience or whatever that would make me say oh I need this in my you know next Halo or whatever. So yeah. Is it? I like I like the, I'm looking at the comments and this is why I like Uncle Phil. Amazing! I didn't know that people called Phil Spencer Uncle Phil. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty base take from him. It continues to be like a really cool dude in the industry. Yeah, agreed. I agree. I'm, I'm secretly looking at Gage, waiting to see, but I guess he'll wait for I, later I, in the podcast to go into what he's gonna. I, I was, I was gonna get into that later, but I okay. will say his comment. I had a different joke that I jabbed at. Dan earlier, but I will say his comment that NFTs are more exploitative than entertainment. I feel like that is also a good summary for like live service games in general nowadays, where it's just like, and we're going to get into this with Halo. I'm going to double back to this. Oh, like, oh I know so of, It seems so like excited. games <laughs> are art, but we forget that they're art because they're so infused with business nowadays <laughs> and that monetizing is just, just weeded its way in there. So, uh, Phil, I, I agree, but that also uh, applies to more than just NFTs there. Big Daddy Phil. Big Daddy Phil. Big Daddy Uncle Phil. <laughs> Papa Phil. Papa Phil. Daddy Uncle Phil. You guys talk about Daddy Uncle Phil. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I don't think you want to see that, actually. No? That's good. <laughs> oh, All right, moving on to our last little quick bite, guys. Saints Row has been announced to be delayed to August 2022, away from the absurd February that we're getting right now. And, guys, 
I don't remember actually what I said about this, and I was hoping you guys would have a better memory. Who was right about this? Because I remember we talked about who, oh. what games we thought was going to get delayed, and I can't remember who said that Saints Row was going to get delayed. I legit was, can't remember. It was me. Kate, you weren't even on that episode. Get out of here. I don't remember. I have a feeling it wasn't me, though. So if it wasn't me... None of us think it was us. I'm not sure. I can't remember. It sounds plausible that I would say it, but I don't remember. So Can we... As one last, as one last goodbye, can we give this one to Sean and say that he said it? Sure. Except Sean wasn't even on that episode either because that was after episode one hundred, and that's the last episode he's appeared in. <laughs> so. We'll give it to Sean. Jeez. Oh, All right, Sean. Can we? Uh, can we put? Can we like get something else delayed? Maybe Horizon, so I can play Elden Ring for like fifty hours. Sure. Why not? Why not? As long as it's not Halo Infinite. And at this point, I don't think it's getting delayed. Dan was right, you know? Not only did he prove me wrong, or, yeah, prove me wrong, but it came out earlier than what I thought, so. (laughs) Yeah, technically, yeah, I guess so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moving into the news portion of our PXN News of the Week, guys. Uh, This is going to be a very long one, so that's why I I have, like, not many news stories here because I feel like we're going to have a lot to dig into here in the topic of the show as well. So Activision's board of directors uh, announced earlier in the week that they were standing behind Bobby, if I could speak, Bobby Kotick, who is the Activision Blizzard CEO, And it was pretty troubling, especially amid the reports of what was going on, that uh, there was a new report claiming that Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick knew about alleged sexual assault and harassment allegations within company-owned studios, but did not disclose this information to the company's board. And the same report also states that uh, that Jen O'Neill, who was recently made co-head of Blizzard before announcing her departure, departure has previously experienced harassment at the company and was also paid less than her male counterpart, Mike Yabara, and had said that she was being tokenized by the company. Ooh, not good. After we were just applauding them, like, what, last week or two weeks ago, whenever that was? Yeah. And- God, this is not good I, at all. I hate it because you know what? La- literally last week, I made a point of saying, you know what? Credit to Bobby for doing mm. for for lowering his salary to the to the lowest legal amount in the state. But now, what I realize is that that was a clever little deflect of him trying to take any sort of scrutiny off of himself. So, it's smart move, but also you're a piece of shit, Bob. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I had to walk back my my comments as well. I think Dan was the harshest. I think I was the, probably the nicest. I was like, Bobby, wow, you surprised me. <laughs> yeah, like you, you're setting an example, and now I'm reading that like you gave death threats for uh, for a person wanting to out their uh, harassers at work. And it's like, dude, you need. I, I tweeted this: fire him, fine him, jail him, either permutation, all, all of them if you can. It'll probably be the best, but at yeah. the bare minimum, he needs to go. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any. I don't think there should be any coming back uh, from this for for Bobby. I, I do believe that people deserve forgiveness and stuff like that. But in this special circumstance, I don't think it's warranted, nor is it deserved for Bobby to get that, especially for all the history that seems to be coming up, not only in this situation but in previous. 
there's a lot of uh, accounts that are coming up with all the, that, that he knew about these incidents that were happening in his company. And whether he was involved in them or not, he is the CEO of the company. So he should be the one taking the head or the charge of making sure these incidences are taken care of quickly and appropriately. And like the HR department, again, he's not the HR department, but he is the leader of the company. So he has to make sure that those things are being dealt with properly. So the fact that he wasn't doing it and he was also making it worse for other people is just uh, ridiculous. And yeah, I, I, and there's more that obviously Dan is probably going to touch on, but yeah. Yes. Yes. There, there is much more here. So uh, there was a nice little thread on Twitter uh, from Ben Fritz, um, who I guess he's a, a West Coast Bureau chief for U.S. News uh, Wall Street Journal. Um, I couldn't actually read the actual article because you have to subscribe. Uh, stupid right, yeah. subscriptions. <laughs> but luckily, he broke it down in a bunch of tweets here. So uh, bear with me here. He he says a woman who worked at Call of Duty Studio Sledgehammer said that she was raped twice by her supervisor after she was pressured to drink heavily. She reported the incidents to HR, but the t- the company took no action. Uh, let's see. Also, we have in August, Activision named Jen O'Neill the first female co-head of World of Warcraft Studio Blizzard. Uh, the next month, she sent an internal email criticizing the company's top management and recounting her own experiences of harassment, which if you just promoted this woman into a, a, you know, top position and she's talking about experiences of harassment that she's encountered, like, don't you think you should be like listening to that? Like that's, that's literally like your top person at the comp, one of your top two people at the company. And she's reporting the same things that people, you know, all throughout the company are reporting. Like why, why was nothing done? And Bobby knew about all of this, like what is happening? Uh, also after the co-head of Activision's Treyarch studio was accused of sexual harassment, HR recommended he be fired, but Bobby Kotick intervened to keep him. Why? No idea. That makes no sense. Uh, that's horrible in of itself. Uh, last year, about 30 women who worked in Activision's esports division sent a letter to their supervisors saying female employees had experienced numerous instances of harassment. Uh, Bobby Kotick himself has been accused of mistreating women who work for him, including telling a former assistant in a voicemail that he would have her killed. Dude. Yeah. How is he not in jail? Yeah. Yeah. That's, and if these are to be true, which I believe they are, that's what I mean where it's like, this is a situation where I don't think he deserves forgiveness, where the things that he's doing are just so asinine and evil that people who do these things shouldn't be in a position of, of power anymore. And, and again, Dan, I'm sure you're going to touch on a lot of this stuff as we go through it, but I'm glad that there's certain people in the industry who are that in those positions that are speaking out against and hopefully it starts a domino effect of other big people saying like, hey, we don't, <laughs> we don't want to work with you or at least don't stand for what you're doing. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like, it's how just is, insane. How is the board backing this? I that doesn't process in my mind. Like, how are they doubling down on Bobby staying? I'm guessing business. They're looking at the numbers and the spreadsheets and Activision flourishing under Bobby's yeah. reign. We'll yeah. call it now. That's true. Um, but Ro, I just want to I want to touch on something that Ro yeah, you're saying, which I I I really love the sentiment behind it but there is a total difference between forgiveness and consequence so Mm -hmm. he's somebody who is in a 
position of actual authority who has now displayed an inability to fairly and ethically use that authority. So forgiveness is a whole other thing. This yeah. There needs to be consequence of that action. And then afterwards, yeah. if you change and actually become a decent person, then absolutely. I don't think anyone's uh, beyond forgiveness or, or, well, not anyone, but that's a whole yeah. other conversation. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. most people are not beyond forgiveness and but that needs to come after you need to answer for the shit that you did and a lot and and the shit that you didn't do and you need to pay the consequences for that because the buck has to stop somewhere and if he's trying to pass it off that like he didn't know like you're this no you're the ceo you absolutely either did know or chose not to know either way the buck stops with you and uh it's it's about time that uh you know you uh you you get a little boot in the butt (laughs) Yep. Not good. And uh, just to close out his comments, Activision has received more than 500 reports from current and former employees alleging harassment, sexual assault, bullying, pay disparities, and other issues, according to people familiar with the matter. The Activision spokeswoman said the company is investigating the claims using teams from both inside and outside the company. Um, one of the issues that I have with that is, is there, there is a, uh, a Activision employee group that is trying to essentially demand things of Activision higher ups to get them to actually make positive changes and get things, you know, turned around for the better for the company. And they are actually speaking out about these things and saying, like, we need an independent reviewer to look over the entire company structure and what's going on, HR, everything, and get them to evaluate what needs to change. Because if Activision is going out and hiring someone, I know, you know, from experiences I've had at my job, for instance, I know, like, things that have happened that you know, people cater certain things to benefit themselves. Whereas you you can't do that because you're, you're, you know, you're affecting things because of, you know, it it benefiting you. Whereas it's bringing someone in from the outside, they have no opinion, no side on the matter. No, they have no objective, I guess, no ulterior motives. They're just looking to see what needs to change. And uh, I absolutely agree with them. And they uh, they have staged a walkout as well multiple times, um, and they're demanding the resignation of Bobby Kotick and the board's two longest-serving directors, Brian Kelly and Robert Morgado, to retire by December 31st. Um, and these shareholders are also looking for... Oh, I'm sorry. That's the shareholders that are a- asking for his resignation, but also the, the employees are as well. But... Uh, the shareholders sent the letter to the board of directors this morning. These direct these shareholders, there's over five million shares that make up the, this group of people that are saying this, and I'm sure they're not the only ones that are wanting this to happen and demanding change. Because, I mean, it, it's it's absurd. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's I I don't know. I I just don't. Something needs to happen, and Bobby Kotick needs to be out of there faster yep. than you can say anything. I mean, yeah. get get upper management out of there. Happy to see. I don't know. If, I don't see it in the. Um, maybe it's in the. the yeah, I don't see it here. Uh, happy to see today shared that a uh, PlayStation reached out and was like, yeah. "What are you gonna do about this?" 
Yeah. Like e- even in- internally within like the uh, you know here in like the games industry, people are like, this this is, doesn't fly. Yeah. Like you can't do this. No. What I love that PlayStation did that. However, I need them to also put their money where their mouth is and not back Call of Duty with this huge marketing push. You know, like they also have to, like have to have some responsibility themselves because they've. I guarantee you, they're paying Activision a ton of money for that Call of Duty marketing par- partnership every year that Microsoft had for so many years, and it's like you have to put your money where your mouth is as well. I love that Jim Ryan put out that statement and was condoning everything that is happening, but also like put your flag forward. We're not yes. marketing your games from now until something happens. Like you've got to make change, or we're you know not gonna do business. And I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, the same goes for this group of shareholders as well, because I read into that. I thought that maybe was a huge tide uh, uh, turning that this group of shareholders sent this letter to the uh, board of directors. But apparently, I guess they only equal up to like 0.6% of like Activision's worth. And apparently they've also been hypercritical of Activision for like years, this same group. So uh you know, that's awesome that they sent that letter, but if they don't change, are you guys selling your stock? Or are you going to stick around and, and reap the rewards? What's what's going on here? So I think there's quite a few companies and groups of people that need to put their foot down when it comes to Activision because we all kind of allow it if nobody puts their foot down. If we all line up to get the next Call of Duty, if we all line up to get the next Overwatch, then it's kind of a moot point, really. Yeah. And that's completely fair. And I think we've had conversations on this podcast before about it. And like, I thought Blizzard was making solid steps. And obviously, they're the same company, Activision Blizzard. But like, you also have Blizzard is kind of its own thing, but they're still together. And I felt like Blizzard was making strides to make their workplace better, but Activision was doing nothing. And I think this is kind of, you know, I guess roared its ugly head here with uh, with the man at the top, which by just to point this out, I've hated the man since I've met the man because he freaking just loves money and doesn't love creativity. He doesn't, he doesn't care if call of duty is the most creative game in the world. He just cares that it makes him hundreds of millions of dollars every year. So uh, yeah, not good, (laughs) not good, but we kind of glossed over it a little bit, but like, the whole Jen O'Neill thing is very troubling yes. with me as well because it's like you brought her in with Mike Ybarra to be essentially co-leads for uh, Blizzard and Activision Blizzard, and uh, you're paying them two different uh, two different salaries, which doesn't even make sense because they're equally splitting the duties and. It just literally doesn't make sense. And they tried to act like good guy Activision when she left and said, oh, we're going to donate this money. And then it turns out it was all just a bullshit ploy. Yeah. And I I think I also read that it wasn't until that she decided to leave or was saying that she was going to leave that they decided like, oh, maybe we should start paying her the 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 appropriate amount. (laughs) It's like, why weren't you doing that when she was actually working for you? I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. You can't you can't reform this stuff. They they gotta go. They're you could they're very much biased and like and you know, it's it's time for them to leave. And don't you dare let fucking Bobby pick his line of successors because that also defeats the whole purpose. He doesn't get to hand it off to somebody 
the board needs to fire him, and then they need to either pick somebody or have promote somebody from within the company. Yeah, that also is something that I don't want to see. Yeah, agreed. Well, uh, how does how does this keep getting worse, man? Week after week. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It it is crazy that we were we were talking positively and then now it's like uh it's just I don't know. Not good. Yeah. Not good. Um yeah, I think that pretty well sums up our uh, thoughts on Activision, greedy, disgusting, Bobby Kotick needs to go. Yucky. New. Moving into a little bit more lighthearted, except it's not really lighthearted. But <laughs> Far Cry- speaking of yucky, <laughs> yeah, speaking of yucky, Far Cry Seven is apparently reportedly a live service game similar to Assassin's Creed Infinity, which has also been rumored as a live service game. Uh, this is coming from GameSpot, and apparently, Far Cry boss Dan Hay, who is the franchise's executive produce- producer for the past decade, is leaving. Ubisoft amid reports that the next Ubisoft or the next game in the series will adopt a live service approach similar to what's rumored for Assassin's Creed Infinity. His last day at Ubisoft will be November 12th, which was obviously five days ago now, but uh, there is no word on what he's doing next, etc. etc. Uh, yeah, no, this is another example of Ubisoft. What the frick are you doing, guys? Like Far Cry. Assassin's Creed, these are single player games. Why are we making them into live services? Like it doesn't make sense whatsoever. Like let's keep the games what they are and it just makes me even more sad when we finally get Splinter Cell like what is that going to be? Is that going to be Don't you know what it's going to be? I told you all what it was going to be months ago. I told you all what it was going to be months ago. I don't open world, want you to be right. Open world looter shooter gear score all that is let's go <laughs> gonna happen let's fucking go boys i want to level up sam fisher to level 30 let's go no oh man it's, it's happening I, I i can't help but think about assassin's creed valhalla's completion rate which came out a while ago 19.8 percent <laughs> i'm not saying this is the only issue with ubisoft games like their, their length because people do love how like meaty valhalla was like it was like a critically adored game like i'm i'm that's i'm not that's not a slight the length of the game but there's something to be said about like at some point i, I lose kind of the quality and interest when games turn into like jobs so for like these titles to turn into live service games i don't know who wants this from their far cry games or from their assassin's creed games like nobody wants to work to play Far Cry or work to play Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know what Ubisoft is thinking, to be honest. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one to ship into that specific genre as well. I feel like there's games that people are like, okay, let's like Pokemon I think is a great example where like, okay, let's 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 shake it up a bit. Let's let's this is the same formula that we've had for years. We want something a little bit different and maybe Pokemon Arceus is going to be something different for uh, the series. Far Cry, I don't feel is a genre that needs to be shaken up. I feel like people play Far Cry for that formula, and they want a Far Cry game to feel like all the Far Cries that came before it. And it switching to such a genre that is so so icky and yucky, as we said before at the beginning of this uh, this topic, that people aren't usually excited to jump into a live service game with the bad heresy that we've gotten with so many, in my opinion, excluding Destiny. I think that's one of the few that's done a really good job with that format. But... And I, and I thought about it, I was like, I really like live service games. Wait, no, I don't. I just really like Destiny. 
there's yeah. like barely any other games that fall into that live service uh, genre that I actually enjoy playing. And I don't know if Far Cry is going to be that <laughs> that one for, for me either. Just wait until you finish a raid in the new Far Cry 7 and you get an NFT as your reward. Oh, oh. yeah. Well, they should have led with that, Christian. Now I'm all yeah. <laughs> so I've got two dogs in this fight because I've played every Far Cry at launch uh, since Far Cry 2. I love Far Cry. Um, I've got a signed copy of Far Cry 3 from Michael Mando. I met him at uh, Fan Expo. Awesome guy. I love him. Um, and I'm also a huge Ghost Recon fan. And let me tell you, Shan, no, Far Cry fans do not want an, a live service game. In fact, every major criticism of every Far Cry game since 3 has been, oh, you guys have really good bad guys and really good stories. We'd like to see more story, please. And mm -hmm. every game has gotten farther and farther away from that. And at the same time, Ghost Recon, every single Ghost Recon game that comes out, hey, we'd like it to be more tactical than what it used to be. And every game oh, yeah. that comes out, well, how did you say GTA clone? Because we can do that. <laughs> no, we, nobody wants that. And now we have got Ghost Recon Frontlines, which is so far removed from what Ghost Recon is, it's not even funny. So Ubisoft, I don't think cares at all about what the community wants. And it's not like a singular incident. This is a pattern across multiple of their franchises um so i don't think they care and i don't think anything's gonna happen unfortunately because um their games are they make a lot of the games on the same engine they've got a lot of proprietary stuff i don't think even if half the people that normally would buy the games buy the games i think that's enough to keep them going and keep them doing this rinse and repeat model that they've got going on wait there's already so much content in Far Cry games. Like it's a huge open world with so many places to explore and so many missions and all these story beats and all of this. And like, why do we need a live service on top of that? Like, I don't need that. I just want to experience the open world. I want to, you know, maybe skin some animals, except uh, Far Cry 6 is kind of not that. It doesn't have that, but uh, you kind of just walk over animals and you pick up things. I'm just like, what? What happened to the whole skinning the animal and all that stuff? But anyways, uh, yeah, we just want Far Cry to be Far Cry. We don't want it to be Destiny as much as we love Destiny. But I don't know. Moving on, guys. Uh, our next story, Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy definitive edition has had some issues <laughs> since launch. Uh, another thing that probably doesn't hold up well from our previous conversations, <laughs> uh, talking about how we were like excited about how they were able to revitalize this and make it look new, but not new. And then now there's just, yeah, that you really, really, you just really fell for it, huh? It was a really good trailer gauge. It was. <laughs> I can't, remember, I can't remember it was before 100 whatever i was last on before the 100 i told you guys it doesn't make any sense who are these games for why is it Don't half new man. and half old i tried to tell you i tried to be the voice of reason and you didn't listen to me and look where we are yeah. where that i can't believe i was excited for the show in the pre-show i'm just <laughs> sad now <laughs> <laughs> sorry christian <laughs> we should have had some more light-hearted stories in here i promise they'll be in the the topic of the show somewhere it's okay except okay. gage is gonna try to bring me down in there but i mean <laughs> i'll fight back uh yeah 
I'm Great. still laughing at the video of the of if you wiggle the left stick while you're driving left and right a bunch, your car gets bigger for some reason. <laughs> nice video. Yeah. Oh, the, so apparently there's uh there's been a number of complaints ranging from the quality of the remasters to not being able to play the PC version at all. Uh, there's been a lot of quality concerns and like some of them are like the faces like my god it looks like an alien on some of these like i'm just like that's not the same person at all <laughs> even there's there's a community post actually there's a mod for i think san andreas that a community member made a made a like a up-res mod or whatever of the original game and they were comparing the mod to the definitive edition and it was like, why are we not downloading and playing the mod? Because the mod looks phenomenal, and the the definitive edition looks like alien garbage. Like the aliens kidnapped San Andreas and dropped it back down, garbage garbled up. It's horrible. I mean, not good. Uh, and, I mean, at some point, it's not even quality concern. There's one video here in the in the. Um, article you linked that I saw on Twitter as well. The video of CJ on the bike going through the rain. That it's it's unplayable. You can't see what's in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and like the Switch version is horrible. Don't buy the Switch version if you're gonna buy Alone any version. Thirty frames apparently. <laughs> like that's unplayable too. That's that's crazy. What, crazy. what are the frames? I'm sorry. It's like below. Is it below 15? Like at some point, yeah. like it dips below 15 at, at yeah, or yeah. just above oh 15. Yeah, like, how do you, that's crazy. It's consistently around 15. It's like, that's not that's playable. Nuts. That's not that's playable. Nuts. Uh, yeah, and also apparently the, the Rockstar Games launcher uh, completely removed the game from PC uh, because there was files that were apparently unintentionally included. As soon as I saw this tweet, guys, I thought of hot coffee immediately. I'm like, yeah. did they l really forget that those files were in there? And apparently, so there is some licensing stuff, I think, in there that, that they left in there, like music and stuff. But also hot coffee stuff was left in there, and that's why they removed it. How? How does that happen? That's only like the literally the most controversial like thing to ever happen in the last 20 years of video games. Like, yeah. I have a question for you guys. Is it still controversial? Think about other games that have come out. Unless I'm forgetting something about hot, mm. hot coffee, it seems like, from what I remember, it was two willing participants having a good time. From what I remember. I honestly can't remember. And I'm trying to, I'm thinking of games like Cyberpunk and like The Witcher. And I'm yeah. like, is it still controversial? I guess not as much. Yeah, I guess not as much today, but. It definitely was back in the day. I'm so, I'm honestly surprised they didn't reverse that change and put it in there because now the industry has caught up with what's acceptable and what's not. Because that was back in like the Fox News Mass Effect days where right there's there's no tolerance for anything like that. Yeah. Um, do, do you so believe I, they showed a boob in Mass Effect? That's not what Fox News said. Wait. They called it a porn simulator oh, or something no. like that. Yeah. You gotta watch. If you haven't seen that, you've got to watch it. It is one of the best things. Yeah, because I, well, I think they brought Jeff Keighley on, right? And he was trying to defend did. it. And he was and he was sitting yeah. there rolling his eyes the entire time because they're like, you can choose what sexual positions and and next, and he's like, that's not in any of the game. It's a fifteen second cutscene. That's not a thing. Like, it's one of the oh. best interviews ever. Are there boobs in Mass Effect though? No, not in the original, I don't think. Just side. Yeah, I think just side. side. <laughs> yeah. 
encourage us to continue playing the series. Like, I'm surprised you. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised you bought the remaster trilogy before finding out if hot coffee's in there, Christian. I did, oh GTA, I didn't buy this. <laughs> <laughs> I was vehemently against it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm not gonna play this again. I've already had okay, my time with fair it. Enough. Fair enough. Yes, I I didn't buy it either, thankfully. And I played San Andreas for about ten minutes on Game Pass since it is in Game Pass. And I just I literally just did it to do the cheat code YYXBALL down up for the jet. Right. And I realized nice. they changed the fucking button for instead of left trigger, it's left bumper. So I was like, this has to work. It doesn't work. And I looked it up and I'm like, oh, left bumper, not left <laughs> trigger. All right. Well, whatever. Did uh, it at least play well from what you played on like Game Pass? Did it feel good to play? Yeah, it, it felt fine. Yeah, uh, but it was just like I, when I got back into it, I was like, "Why am I doing this? I don't even know." You've why. already played it. You've already right. played already it a lot. Played. Yeah, yeah, and my backlog's already insane, especially with you know a certain game drop, Master stealth Chief dropping, collection. a certain game stealth dropping on Monday or Tuesday. What day is it? I don't Monday. Know. What day? Yeah, Monday. Thank you. Uh, anyways, moving on, guys to the game awards nominations so there, there there's a little bit of controversy here for from my perspective and from other people in the, in the uh industry that have been talking about this however the game awards nominees for game of the year i'll read these out uh there's a ton here and if you guys want to highlight something uh feel free absolutely but the game award game of the year nominees are death loop from arcane it Takes Two from Hazelight Studios, Metroid Dread from Nintendo slash Mercury Steam, uh, Psychonauts 2 from Double Fine, Xbox Game Studios, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, Insomniac Games, Resident Evil Village, Capcom, and that's it. Um, hello? We missing one game here? You know, the highest rated game hey, of the year? We're missing two games. We're, we're missing quite a few. Yes. Right? Yes. We're missing okay. at least two that so, I can think of. So, Christian, tell me what game is missing that you thought that uh, thought of right away. But, no, I, I actually want to hear yours first because oh, obviously okay. you're, you're referring to Forza, but I, I want to hear yes. why, why it's worthy of game of the year contention. <laughs> I, I'm legit curious. So here's my, here's my opinion on it. In my opinion... So if a game is at 992 slash 9.2, whatever you want to, well, way you want to look at it on Metacritic, Open Critic, every kind of critic, critic platform out there, it is literally the highest rated game of the year and it's not on the game of the year list. That to me is a problem. Like setting aside my personal opinions on Forza Horizon 5, I think that that's a problem if the highest rated game that's literally available this year isn't on that list that just from a pure numbers perspective. However, what I will say is I don't think it's fair that the industry as a whole treats racing games and even sports games to that matter as like almost different ent entities like they they set them aside as like, you know, that's, you know, this thing that's not no, that can't be game of the year. That's just a racing game or that's just a sports game because there's over the years, there's been fantastic sports games like their NFL blitz back in the day. That was, you know, crazy. And it was just something unexpected that no one expected before. And it was such a, a unique and creative idea. And like, I, I don't think it's fair for people to say like this game can't be game of the year because of the genre that it's in because Forza Horizon five is a really fantastic game. And, it's you know 
I don't f- think it's fair to the developers yeah. who are working on this game because they worked their asses off to put out an amazing game, and they, I feel like they don't get the credit for it. Yeah, I think the issue is with that is that you. I mean, you described it as well. Is that it, it is kind of more of a niche title. Like it yeah. is kind of still, even though it is like very good at being a. a see, I don't. I don't want to re- reduce it to just a sports game either because it, it's it's more than that, right? And it's obviously it was critically acclaimed, but like, are people just not considering it as game of the year because they don't see it? Um, like you know, they don't see a, a, a see it as like best narrative or or like. Yeah. I mean, our design would probably be giving it to it as well, but. I don't know. So you know I, it's hard. I, I agree with your niche comment. Like it is a very niche thing. However, like there's been niche games that have been in contention before. Like, you know, for instance, all the Soulsborne games, I would argue are very niche. Yeah. Like I would say more niche than, than Forza. Absolutely. Right. Like yeah, Sekiro rocks. No, <laughs> absolutely. I completely agree. And like, I was the year that Sekiro won. I was like, yes, I I completely understand why people love this game. It isn't my type of game, but it absolutely deserves to be in the game of the year nominations, and it won game of the year, which it deserved. Like that's the thing. Like I don't feel like whether it's a niche or not. Like it should still get the you know recognition that yeah. that it deserves for sure. But, Do you, sorry, go ahead. Nope, go ahead. Uh, I just I just wanted to ask. Uh, well, everybody here, that uh, say say you just couldn't add Forza to the Game of the Year list. I haven't played a lot of these games here yet. Which one would you replace Forza with? Like, which one would you remove to insert Forza, do you think? It's easy. Psychonauts 2, in my opinion. Oh, okay. But I haven't played Psychonauts yeah. 2, so it's also not fair for me to say that. But I don't think that Psychonauts 2 was as well-received as Forza like that at the end of the day. Like, I mean, it's I, a great they, game. It felt sure, so but, dated. I, yeah. I, like, I was struggling to enjoy my time with it. I, I tried going back, and I played a few hours of it, but, like, it just felt too much like of a game stuck in, in the old previous generation. So I, I think... I agree with Dan. I think Forza definitely deserves to be in the contention of Game of the Year. I've got... I've got my personal Gage answer, and I've got my Larry David answer. So which one do you want first? <laughs> Uh, Larry David. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's a made-up award. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Larry David. Um, but honestly, yeah, it is. It is strange. I would think. I think a good way to solve all this would to be a bit more transparent on how this whole selection process works. Like, who's picking the pool, and then do you have a different uh, group of people who pick from that pool? Um, who decides? Who decides the final vote? Who decides what the pool is? Uh, is there a reason for how many numbers of slots you guys have chosen? Is it, does it have to be five? Can it be six? Can it be seven? There's a lot of stuff that I think they could do to, to sort of just at least let people understand because you don't have to agree with it. Like there's a lot of people that didn't agree with The Last of Us Part Two winning Game of the Year, um, and uh, but you know some that doesn't mean because people don't like the same thing as you that doesn't mean that they're wrong. So even if right. you don't agree with it, as long as we can understand how they're making these decisions, because I do agree that. Forza Horizon is definitely a niche game, not as niche as some other winners from the past, but it is niche. Not everybody likes racing games. I don't like sports games. I don't play any sports games. Um, but is that is that the reason why? Like, what is your criteria? How do you guys decide this? And then if they do have some sort of magical answer that makes sense, then we can all go, okay, at least we now understand. If not, then we can push for this. The only other aspect I would 
talk about just from my time uh, being in school for videography and stuff like that is I don't know how long it takes them to, I don't know when their cutoff period is for when games are released. If they're preparing their sizzle reels and all of the editing that goes into production and all that stuff, there may be like a no, uh, early November cutoff where it's like, we need to start prepping film now and editing and all this stuff now. So sorry, like we can't just throw together a Forza sizzle reel for game of the year. So that also could be a, a part in it as well. I will, I will say that um, the list is weird. I, I honestly don't think it's super representative of the, the year of games we had. Like did, some of these aren't the strongest. I don't know. To me, Where's like when I see strange. this list, <laughs> yeah, Wars Life is Strange. That was a fantastic game. When I see this list, I think, like, journals... I don't know. Game journals like are a little bit tired to me sometimes in terms of their opinion, and that seems like a dunk. It's not trying to be a dunk. It's just, like... I understand why Deathloop made it. But to me, like, when, when that game came out, after a week, nobody else talked about it again. It Takes Two? I heard, like, nobody talk about It Takes Two in terms of Game of the Year discussions at all. The oh. entire time. That that to me seems like a take like, oh yeah, I remember it takes you. This came out this year. I'll throw that in there. So Resident Evil Village, I, that that game came out and was like divisive, if I remember correctly. So also, oh I for, almost <laughs> forgot from earlier. Where's Returnal? When I think of the game of the year, I, I understand why <laughs> like I understand why it's not here. It's totally fine. I would have loved to see it, but I, I I get it. Actually I would have loved to see the Forgotten City in this, but like I don't know, when I think of, like, what deserves, like, a game of the year, like, what is elite, masterful in terms of, like, game development? I don't know, I thought, I thought Returnal fit the bill pretty well. Well, I, get it. it's, I mean, it's all anecdotal because it all depends on who we follow on social media, but to me, Returnal, was, Returnal was talked about a lot longer than most of these other games. Like, Returnal, I, have, I don't have, again, as we talked about, I don't have the PS5, I can't fucking play it, but... <laughs> I heard about it, and people were hyped about it at Returnal, like, the month leading up to release, and then it felt like a good month and a half after. Like, people were really digging this game. So I was shocked when I didn't see Returnal on here. And, like, It Takes Two, everybody liked it. I heard a lot of good things about it. I never once heard anybody talk about, oh, this is Game of the Year contender. Like, no, this is a really fun game to play with your significant other. Like, that's that's pretty much the extent of what I heard. So I would like to know, how do you guys pick this? What is your criteria... <laughs> Who decides this? Because it seems like you guys are just throwing things at a dartboard and seeing what lands. Yeah, and I, and I think you're right, Gid. With it depends on who you follow. We did hear people talk. About it takes two like that. Like, oh, this is game of the year for me. Oh, really? Oh, and, got it. Yeah, okay. it's it's just it's it is just who. And just as you said earlier, it's like just because you don't agree with them doesn't mean that they're technically wrong. It is a video game after all. It's all subjective right. at the end of the day. But it like and for Returnal like. It really is the people you follow because I didn't see a lot of people talking about it for me. And okay, fair yeah, it, But I, yeah. I do know because it came up again with the update. Like when it got updated recently, people were talking about it like that. They're like, "Oh my god, I remember this game was so good. This should be game of the right. year sort of thing." So yeah, it, there's a lot of factors that that go into it. So I agree. I agree with that. That. Uh, but Forza, yeah. <laughs> Forza, bro. <laughs> I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Can we agree that the the best indie category is absolute? Like this is the only one I I, I will say is absolutely trash. trash. Like you, you guys did not play indies this year, and that is clear. I actually didn't didn't uh, didn't look at it yet. Let me let me see. You guys can I'll, go. I can, I'll, I'll go. I can go I can read it to you. Okay, sweet. Tw- Twelve minutes. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Death's door, which I agree. That's Death's door is very good. Yeah. yeah. Kana. Uh. 
I, I sure inscription. Yes, I heard that. Loop hero. Loop hero. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't where's, know. Like, where's like chicory? Where's Forgotten chicory, City? Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, but it's again, it's who you follow. It's who who are these people? Who are deciding gauges right? <laughs> who's this? I was like, yes, best indie. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I gotta. I need to talk to you. This, this is definitely a weird year for for a lot of categories. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Christian, I'm gonna steal Rose' question from earlier and say, theoretically, if Forza Horizon Five had replaced Psychonauts Two on this Game of the Year list, what would Returnal have replaced on this list? Oh God. Um, I would I would replace it yeah with the other the other loop game which would be Deathloop. Mm, okay. But I don't I don't I don't know. People really like Deathloop, so I understand. I have I have tons of issues with it, but okay. I, mean, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and also just a little shout out there. Don't blame Jeff for this, Jeff Keeley, because he doesn't even pick the nominees for this. He he yes. has like a I think a board of people uh, from new, news outlets, which that's the part where it's like, all right, can you just tell us who uh, is on this board, like exactly? Well, Dan, I, I'd pump the brakes on that because just before we started the show, I saw Jeff Keeley tweet. Uh, he said, "I pick the game, all the games myself, and I support Bobby Kodak." So I'm. Oh no! No, he oh, did. no, no, he did. No, he didn't. I want to look into that. Gage, get out of here with that <laughs> bullcrap! He did not say that. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, Our last news story, guys. Uh, overshadowed, and Gage brought this to us. Overshadowed by other news in the industry, NVIDIA has suffered another leak in a now-deleted post on GitHub. User Waxizoma, I'm going to guess that's right, I don't know, posted posted (laughs) data revealing possible release windows for upcoming titles coming to PC. Notable mentions include Ghost of Tsushima, February 2022, Returnal, April 2022, Horizon Forbidden West, September 2022, Redfall, June 2022, Contraband, November 2022, Avowed, December 2022, Perfect Dark, December 2022, Fable, October 2023, Elder Scrolls 6, January 2024, and Indiana Jones, January 2024. So I picked out two games here that I'm just a little sus on, and like it makes me question the validity because Perfect Dark, there is no way in hell that game is coming out in December 2022. Because first off, they just entered a partnership like not even a month or two ago with Crystal Dynamics to work on that game. That game's still very early in development. They, I mean, even when they announced that game, they said that we're still very early in development. I think that game is at least fall 2023, but probably 2024 until we get Perfect Dark. Uh, So that makes me question this like, uh, is this legit? And Elder Scrolls Six. Uh, Starfield's coming fall 2022. We know that already, and that's if it doesn't get delayed. So we're saying a little over a year later, we're getting Elder Scrolls Six. I don't, I don't see that. I don't so, see that at all. There's a little bit of context I want to add to this. Uh, the actual list had specific uh, days as well. Um, so this stuff here is very clearly placeholder. So for example. Yeah. Um, Avowed and Perfect Dark in the database leak, they were listed one day after each other. They're obviously not going to do that. 
So I think what this is, is that if it is legit, which it very well may not be, but if it is legit, I think this is for whatever red tape they have to go through. They're like, okay, just give us a date, throw it up there. So this may not even be down to the month or down to the season, but I think this might be a general idea of where, you know, they're far out. They don't, they're not even thinking about specific dates, but they might have a general idea of when they're throwing out. And a lot of the stuff does line up. And the only reason I brought it up is that this had um, this leaked before PlayStation announced God of War coming to PC, and it had God of War in January of uh, 2022. So that was the one thing where I was like, okay, that's how would you know that if this this leak happened before that? So yeah, it's I I think it's totally if it is real, it's total placeholder. Like uh, de- uh, December, end of the year, whatever. Put it put that date down. Um, I do think we could get Perfect Dark in 2022, only for the fact that we don't know the scale of the game. I, I, Perfect Dark was the first game I played as a kid. It shouldn't have been, but it was. I love Perfect Dark with all my heart. <laughs> but I don't know if this is going to be to the scale that we think it's going to be. So if it is just a linear first-person shooter, I think 2022 is possible. Probably not, but yeah. I could see them aiming for that. Hmm. The only reason I, why I say that I don't agree with what you're saying about the scope of Perfect Dark is because Microsoft literally labeled their studio as a quadruple A studio, like building this just massively talented studio in Santa Monica. Like, I, I feel like they wouldn't have, you know, marketed it as such a, you know, big studio that they're creating without, you know, putting the the backing behind it to make a expansive game i don't i don't know that could be it although as we've learned executives don't always tell the truth sometimes <laughs> sometimes they lie sometimes they say things that aren't true i mean it, it could be uh, the quadruple a thing was really dumb and i'm glad they've walked back on that since because that's just stupid but um I mean, that could be many things. It could mean something like, you know, the first Last of Us is a, is an incredible game. It's a very linear game. It's very, in terms of gameplay mechanics, it's very limited. I think it's perfect. I absolutely love it. But it's not an expansive game. It is very much, this is, these are the moveset that your character can do. Play through this intricately crafted world and start to finish. There you go. So Perfect Dark could very well be one of those things. And if they started... Now, obviously, I know they formed the studio in 2018, so it's a fresh start. But if they started there and they got help from Crystal Dynamics, what, six months ago now? Um, I think it's possible. I definitely think it's possible. That's true. I mean, Death Stranding came out relatively quickly considering they were a brand new studio. They just used um, true, you know, Gorilla's uh, software and they had help from that team. So, And you, wouldn't, you could not tell that game was made in three years because it looks amazing. It looks immaculate, right? And that's yeah. Kojima on his own with a little bit of help from PlayStation as opposed to a studio built from the ground up to be the next flagship studio. So I, we, that's the thing. There's a lot of secrecy with this project. We don't know how much money they've thrown at it. We know it's a relatively small team in terms of what they're doing, but if they have the best of the best and they're giving them an, a blank check, then this thing could be ready to go. It could be coming out sooner than we think. I also think Redfall is probably pretty accurate. I think start of the summer for Redfall is uh, is probably what's going to happen. They already announced that it's summer 2022. Yeah. And uh, Elder Scrolls Six. I mean, again, we don't really know what's going on with that. Do they have a separate team that's already started on it? Probably. 
I think 2024 is pretty reasonable for that and Indiana Jones. I don't think January for both of them. Again, I think that's the placeholder coming out. I think maybe Elder Scrolls is November, very end of January 2024, and maybe Indiana Jones is a summer thing. But I will take that bet with you, Gage, right now that Elder Scrolls 6 will, do not, it. will not come out before fall 2024. No way. All right, see you in three years. <laughs> oh, gosh. Todd Howard. Go right that one, Sorry, go ahead, Christian. Big one. Big one for me is Horizon coming out like a few months after it releases on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a new precedent yeah. for them to be porting a if it is true porting a, a, a right. re- recently released console game on PC pretty quickly. So that's pretty cool to see. I would love for them to work towards that. And I think I think Jim Ryan does want to work towards that. I think a lot of the interviews yeah. he's given recently, he is itching, and I think he's realized. Uh, God bless them. I think he's realized that okay, if we release our games on PC, they're not going to. It's not going to cut into our console sales because there are people who are very happy on PC and who don't want to buy a PlayStation just to play PlayStation games. But if they had the option to play it on their system that's tuned to the way they like it, then they'll probably just buy the game and that's just extra money in your pocket. So I think we are going to see that that gap between PlayStation release and PC release get shorter and shorter and shorter until it is day and day, which is just better for everybody. Yeah, agreed. Inshallah. Uh, Kirik Craft is in the chat. Sup, guys? What's up, Kirik? Thank you for joining us. We're uh, about to dive into what you got for me. Um, I will just start off here. Saturday, uh, I experienced Xbox Fan Fest trivia, which actually, it was actually a very cool experience. So last year, to give you a ba- background, I joined Xbox Fan Fest trivia. It was their first thing they've ever done, a, a digital live event while COVID was happening to essentially have trivia for different things and you could earn rewards uh, by progressing through the trivia like rounds. Last year, it did not work at all. It broke completely. (laughs) They had to give like gift cards to everyone who was involved because it it literally didn't function. This year, it actually functioned great. And uh, and there was about three, a little over 3,000 people that were in this trivia. And I made it to the top 100 of trivia, which I was like, holy shit, there's no way. There was actually a question on there that I completely guessed on. I didn't know the answer, and I got it right, and only like 3% of the people got it right, so like that was probably the reason why I made it. Uh, But yeah, I got $85 in Xbox Gear Shop gift cards. So yeah, more of this is coming, more gear is coming once I spend that $85. That was, it was just such a cool experience to kind of do that with a bunch of fans and have like a cool digital event. I thought that was fun. But that is fun. Guys, the most important thing on Monday, we were treated with a celebration stream, obviously, which we'll talk about a little bit here in the topic of the show. And a little game called Halo Infinite released its entire multiplayer on Monday. And I took half a day off work because I was like, I'll, I'll watch the stream. The stream ended up being eh, all right. But I literally got to play half a day of Halo. And I was like, all right, sick. So Halo Infinite, absolutely amazing. I cannot believe that they released the entire multiplayer. Obviously, they're labeling it as a beta until release um, on December 8th, but they're leaving it open until December 8th. You get all your progression that carries over to December 8th on launch day, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, There are problems with it, which we will detail when we get in the topic of the show. But uh, yeah, I'm very impressed by 
everything, how smooth it is. Like for the most part, their networking hasn't had any issues whatsoever, which is a stark contrast to Halo, the Master Chief Collection, and even Halo 5 had some issues in the beginning. But yeah, it's so good. And Christian has a background of Halo as he's pretending to shoot. I'm, I'm here. I'm here, Dan. I'm pl- I've downloaded it. Let's Christian. Let's, let's squat up, Christian. There's one problem with your screenshot. That's Halo Reach, Christian. I'm sorry. What's that big ring behind me? That is Halo. That's a Halo, Dan. That's a, That's ha- a Halo. That is a Halo Reach map. In fact, that is the Blood Gulch remake inside of Forge World on Halo Reach, Christian. You can't get anything by me because I'm a Halo fan to heart. Anyways, Cortana. Uh. I'm so horny. The biggest, you sound, dude. You sound just like Halo. <laughs> the biggest casualty to Halo Infinite dropping, guys, is Battlefield 2042 because I didn't even pre-order the game, and this ended up happening. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not playing Battlefield because literally I'm spending all my time on Halo multiplayer, and Battlefield's a multiplayer only game now. So I'm like, sorry, Battlefield. Dude, so. and when you compare it to the fact that like. Battlefield has been relatively buggy, as most Battlefield launches usually are, and that people aren't super content with the way that game seems to be launching soon, compared to how, like, Halo... I haven't played it. Spoilers, I guess. uh, Plays, like, really good, and people are, like, actually really enjoying it. Like, yeah, absolutely, Dan, you're right. Uh, Like, R.I.P. Battlefield. This is full of... uh, When was the last time Battlefield released against Call of Duty? And what, what year was that again? I, oh, I don't God, know. It would have been 2015, I think. The same year as Titanfall 2. Yeah, it's it's that all over again for them, unfortunately. <laughs> Where? Oh, what's 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 happening? What's happening? <laughs> I'm I'm just like I just realized what you have on your thing here. So, Ro, what oh, you got for too. me? I saw that too. <laughs> well, well, let me start with Forza, <laughs> Forza Horizon 5, just to keep you waiting a little bit longer. <laughs> um i'm enjoying forza horizon a lot still very i i noticed that i'm being uh very casual this year in 20 2021 there's not a lot of narrative games not a lot of rpgs that i've dived deep into i've been playing like my animal crossings my indies of course my life is strangers and forza just asked that list where i'm just having a good good time just zoning zoning out and playing a, a fun game and forza horizon 5 is, is one of those games that having a blast, customizing my cars, racing against people, trying to beat Dan's time every time I see him on the leaderboard. Gotta, gotta beat Dan. So that's that's always been fun. And yes, Dan, I am playing Halo Infinite multiplayer as well. I When that came out, I knew that I didn't, I didn't play the two t- test flights that came out. So I'm like, I better play the actual thing now that it's here. Oh, Dan may very well fly to Canada and strangle me. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll download it and I'll play it. And I'm having a blast. It's, it's really fun. And, and as as Gage alluded to, and as Dan said, we're, we're going to talk about the issues when we get there and topic of the show. But the core gameplay of Halo is it has always been good. The multiplayer has always been good. I guess there, as to a, a Halo fan like Dan, you may may say Halo 5's multiplayer wasn't that that great. But I don't know. I wasn't there. But I'm having a great time with Halo Infinite. Yeah, Halo 5 multiplayer was great. It was, was really not. It was really not. Campaign great. was, was not terrible. Good. Gage Gage is okay. wrong. <laughs> Well, I've heard mixed things about about that multi, and I'm having a blast with it. Like grappling hook is so fun um, to just. Gr- I've just seen like when we talk about Battlefield 2042 and how excited we were 
leading up to that, like, oh, all the crazy stunts that people are going to do in that game. The amount of crazy stuff that I've seen people do with the grappling hook is on another level. <laughs> it yeah. looks so fun. I saw somebody today, like, there was somebody coming down the, uh, like, down the hill on a warthog, and then they grappled onto the warthog, and they kicked the driver out of the warthog, <laughs> drove off the map, oh, yeah. and yes. then grappled the edge of the cliff to launch themselves back up, but the people inside the cart just, like, fell to their desk. Like, <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is amazing. You can't make that stuff up. And I'm excited to have some of those moments for myself. So I'm having a blast with it right now. Yeah. Christian, what you got for me? Oh, sorry. I have a question for the game real quick uh, on Halo. Does it play as good as Splitgate? Christian, (laughs) you know what? We're skipping Christian this week. No, No, okay. I I have an actual, like, okay. Um, For what you got for me, I'll answer why I'm not playing Halo. Is it like, I'm I'm sorry. I've I've been super busy, so I haven't had a chance to download it yet. And then I'm going on vacation at, like, during Thanksgiving, I'll be gone for like over a week and a half. So it's like I won't have enough time to play it before I leave. So I, I, won't, I won't play it till after. And at that point, I might just wait till release. I don't know. I really don't know. But I, I would like to get my hands on it because it seems like everyone else is having fun. And I'm getting some mad FOMO. I'll say that much. Yeah. But the only thing I've been playing for what you got for me is that I played more Dark Souls just the one time in the past <laughs> week. And it, uh, I changed my mind. I actually really enjoy Dark Souls way more oh, than, nice. I, than I did the first time. I had to find the rhythm for the game, but now uh, I'm excited to retry Dark Souls 3 because I never beat it, even though I put like 10 to 12 hours into it. So the Souls games continue. Um, and uh, I, I, do we throw in projects still? I got, I got, a, I'm, yeah. I got yes. a, I got a video essay coming out. It should be Friday, if not Monday or Tuesday, that I'm very excited about. This time it's not game related though, so I won't talk about that. Wait, are you gonna are you gonna do like a, a tease of it and put your timeline up so I can zoom in again and see what clips are on the timeline? <laughs> I would, I will not this time. I'll just shadow drop it. Dang it, Gage, what you got for me? Even though I would, I'm gonna regret this by reading this first line here. Yeah, so I played and finished uh, Halo Infinite. <laughs> There's no there's no battle royale, so there's no long term content to really sink your teeth into. It's just the same four v four. Who cares? Who gives a shit? So that was fun for like an hour. It was cool. It was neat. Neat Yeah, you didn't rank up once though, right? No, no, neat little neat neat little game, little game. Uh, so uh, no, I'm so I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna change my my order because I yeah I've been playing Halo Infinite and it's fucking amazing. Forza 5, Forza Horizon 5 uh, is awesome. It is crazy. And like you say, Ro, like when you're when you're talking about how it's the perfect game to just sit and zone out to, and like, I can't agree with you more. Like that's where I've been catching up on podcasts. I've been doing this, but you just sit and you drive. The game's immaculate. It, it looks incredible. Um, it's just good. It's a good time. I love it. It's a good time. Uh, still playing Hades. I got my first run through. Did not beat the final boss. So that was you, uh, you got him. You got two. I got to him, him oh. and then was sent promptly sent back to yes. where I came. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's tough. Oh, the shield's awesome though. I took your yes. I, I took your you. suggestion. I tried the shield and I I ran with it for like the next five runs. I didn't get to the end with it. I still use the blade with the health back boon. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. And then finally, Halo Infinite, which. Before we get into everything we get into, I'm going to take this time to say that the core gameplay of Halo Infinite is perfect. 10 out of 10 would not change anything. I, like Dan, have been playing Halo since I was a wee little fetus, and uh, Halo 2 and, and Halo Reach are my favorite games. Halo Reach is the one that I played, like how 
uh, Rashan plays Animal Crossing. Like I just <laughs> totally into it every day, every every moment spare I had it. And this game feels like Halo Two and Reach had a had a beautiful little baby, and it's so good. I love it. And like you say, the grappling hook, the crazy moments, fun with friends. It's just it's good, so good. It's not it's not like Halo Three. It's like Halo Two, but it's okay. Halo Two is a superior oh, one. It's wait funny. a minute. Did Halo Two have equipment? Oh, wow! It oh. didn't. It didn't did engage. Halo, did, did Halo Three have a lot of Keith David? No, it didn't, Dan. What? <laughs> where does Halo Infinite have Keith David yet? I haven't seen any Arbiter. That's where Reach comes in. All right, all right. Move. All right. Anyway. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Before we actually get into the topic of the show, I have one, one um, thing for Gage. Yep. Artemis Boone to start the game, the Hades run. Pick up the Dodge Deflect. Yes. Dodge That's Deflect awesome. is. No, no. Dodge Deflect is, is what I go with. I love Dodge Deflect. Okay. Nice. Yeah. All right. Back to Halo. All right. <laughs> Dodge Deflect. Moving into the topic of the show, guys. 20 years of Halo and Xbox. There was a celebration event on Monday, but we have a bunch of Xbox-related news stories, so I think I'll just probably power through a couple of these because we're already running late uh, and we don't really have to spend a ton of time on them. Uh, Microsoft Windows Store is becoming more Steam-like, guys, uh, and what does that mean, you might say? Well, that means uh, the Microsoft Store is now allowing you to get to previously restricted game files uh, folders, uh, which is very important for modders uh, on PC, of course, for them to access you know game files to to swap them out and, and add mods and make them super cool and crazy. So this is a big step, I feel like, for Microsoft Store to kind of you know position itself as more of a competitor to Steam, um, not just a competitor, but like an alternative to Steam, because of course all of Microsoft's games come on Steam and on Microsoft Store. But that is a very well welcomed uh, change for for them uh, on that front. So. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. It's bigger. That's uh, just real quick. That's bigger than it seems. That's huge. That is awesome. Yeah, you've not been able to mod your files at all, and now you have full access. So, kudos Microsoft. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the next story is a little bit bigger story that I thought was interesting. Uh, it's apparently two new Xbox exclusives are reportedly leaked, including a single-player Southern Gothic adventure. Uh, the, the names of the titles right now or code names are Midnight and Pentiment and are reportedly coming from Compulsion Games, uh, of course, the creators of We Happy Few and Obsidian. What the fuck? How many games is Obsidian making? My God, what the hell is going on over there? Are they giving them like some freaking Wheaties or something over there? Like, uh, no, but in all seriousness, Compulsion's first game with Microsoft is codenamed Midnight is a reportedly a third-person game set in a dark, fantastical world. The protagonist seen below in the middle section of the concept art is a dark-skinned woman with braided hair, and the picture on the right shows a harpy creature going through various stages of transformation. Uh, the picture on the left looks like it could be a harpy nest. It looks very, like... Ominous and creepy, and I kind of like it. It looks looking good. This concept art, um, and then the second game comes from Obsidian, which is codenamed Pentiment, and it is a twelve-person team uh, that is developing this game, led by Josh Sawyer, who previously worked on Fallout New Vegas and Pillars of Eternity. 
Uh, if he worked on Fallout New Vegas, okay, yes, please. But it draws inspiration from games like Disco Elysium and will be a narrative RPG rather than a combat-focused one. So similar to similar to Grounded, we have another tiny team at Obsidian making a cool little game. Uh, Christian, read the read the next sentence. Uh, the game is reportedly, yes, yes, a murder mystery set in the 16th century in which players will be able to investigate and accuse other characters in the game. However, these accusations have consequences. If you're wrong, then a snowball, snowball, snowball effect occurs. The game will slowly unfold into a full-blown conspiracy. Ooh, that sounds awesome. That, that sounds, sounds amazing. Cool. Yeah. The fact that it takes inspiration too from uh, Disco Elysium, which is probably one of like the best written games I've ever played. I didn't, I never finished it, so that's like one thing against me, I guess. Yeah, this this sounds fantastic. I am super jazzed about it. I had no idea about this until you linked this, Dan. Yes. Yeah, it's super cool. Like Obsidian continues to knock it out of the park too. So like, I am down for whatever they want to make. Let them make whatever they want to make. Oh, so good. Um, so uh, I guess moving into our uh, anniversary live stream reactions, I live streamed my reactions and uh, it was pretty, it was cool to see like there was some cool moments in there and the rock was kind of there revisiting, poking fun at himself. Cause he originally unveiled the Xbox next to Bill Gates uh, back mm-hmm. in 2001. But uh it was it was just a cool walk down memory lane, so to speak, until the end. But we'll get to that in a second. But they did announce that 76 new games are being added to the backwards compatibility library. And they also confirmed that this would be the last batch of games added due to licensing, legal or technical restraints for any missing titles. So I think this was this is great that like. Final hurrah for backwards compatibility. Here's 76 last games that we're, we're bringing back and, and allowing you to play from now moving forward. And uh, the only games left, they're saying, is just due to legal licensing technical reasons. So uh, obviously this will be, this is it. This is our backwards compatibility. And like definitely applaud them. They did a fantastic job with backwards compatibility when Phil Spencer announced that at E3. That was a huge huge you know unveiling for them for i guess goodwill for the fans um after the whole xbox one debacle but yeah there's a specific game i want to check out i want to shout out on here um the i was lucky enough to get the xbox 360 at launch 2005 i did not deserve it as a spoiled little kid but (laughs) they added the outfit which is a super obscure yeah. <laughs> B-tier launch title for the 360. And I forgot that game existed until I just saw it listed here. And I'm all kinds of excited. I highly recommend everyone check this game out just for a weird trip down memory lane. Because this game, it's it's every it's like a pandemic-type B-tier launch game for the 360. And oh my god, I, that's amazing. I can't believe they added that. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, the Outfit. Oh, got it. Okay. Okay. I was confused for a second, but now I understand. But wait, yeah. Perfect. Yes. I got excited to see uh, Skate 2 get added. And then I saw that they're also shutting down servers in like three weeks. So I was like, yeah. 
perfect timing. Although, I mean, you'll still be able to play the single player portion of it at least, right? I do not own an Xbox. Oh. Otherwise, yes. Oh. <laughs> well, no, Christian. The cloud on your PC. Boom. It's true. The cloud. Could I do that? Yes. Yeah. Can I play backwards compatible games through the cloud? As long as they're supported. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what the list looks like, but there is a list, mm-hmm. I think, of backwards compatible cloud games. Yep. Cool. You, got, you got me thinking now, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Dang straight. All I want right. to do some research on this. So that was the first part. And then we moved into the Halo TV series tease that we got. My <laughs> God. Yes, please. But also it was like, you're teasing me so hard. I need more. Like, give me more. The mm, Master Chief's armor looks crisp. It looks so good. Phenomenal. Why is, why is Gage shaking his head? No. We, we've talked about this, Dan. Don't get your hopes up for the TV show. Gage. Don't get your hopes up for the TV show. I, I, this, is, this is the prophet talking to you, not Gage. I love Halo. This is the guy who told you about Rockstar and the remix and Splinter Cell, which hasn't come to pass yet, but you remember that. <laughs> the TV show's not going to be good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? How are you saying that? We haven't even seen anything from it yet. The casting, the casting call for that one character that they added that totally undoes the entire world building and lore i'm gonna wait till show. i actually see the show before that's I fine say it's the i'm worst just telling you ever. i'm just giving you i'm just i didn't say it's the worst show ever it's just not gonna be good visually <laughs> just, yeah. just letting you know okay visually it got me very excited guys is that, that yes make you visually okay. it did look yeah. it did look interesting yeah all right and then i court- saw this and i was like damn it really is dan's day today isn't it yeah <laughs> this, this day was made just for him and then cortana whispering to him Hello, i love that they Hello, that they got her that they got yep yeah, that was good. I bet you they were probably filming the scenes, and they're like, "No, we need, we need Cortana. We what? need the real Cortana." No, she she was actually voicing Cortana the whole time, but she actually had to come in to do the physical part. Right? Am I thinking? I, I no, I think they had a, a a young British actress that was doing Cortana. She, I don't think she was speaking an accent, but I remember reading it because I was like, "Who's the new Cortana?" Mm. I think I think she was doing full performance and then they brought in they brought in a real cortana i thought i thought cortana was cg and they brought the the chicken to play dr halsey am i wrong in that i don't know it was imdb and it said halsey slash cortana which would make sense for the for what she is but could be wrong okay yeah either way it's great to hear her voice though that's the thing that's what i'm getting at it was great to hear her voice yes agreed uh, moving on before Roe and Christian kill us. Uh, <laughs> the last thing they announced, of course, was that Halo Infinite was dropping immediately, which is awesome to, to see the multiplayer dropping. Uh, obviously, campaign's still coming December 8th, and they're calling it a beta until then uh, for the multiplayer. But it's cool to have like the entire multiplayer suite there um, just stealth dropped and sort of stealth dropped. It was kind of leaked, but... I was gonna ask you if you were gonna if you were believing the rumors because I know it was like supposedly like a leak or a rumor that it was coming, but yeah, I I'll tell you. Did you expect it? I'll tell you the one that convinced me was when I saw it on. And there's a funny story about this too. When I saw it on Pringles website, counting down to Monday, I was like, okay, if Pringles is putting this on here that it releases this day, then it has to. But apparently. (laughs) 
Apparently, there's a sto- whole story with this. Apparently, uh, Pringles was just counting down to some promo that they were doing with Halo Infinite that was also happen happening to occur on the same Monday. So, I guess the marketing people at, at 343 were like freaking out in studio because they're like, we didn't even tell Pringles we were doing this and they're ruining our surprise. But, yeah. Wow. It's funny. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and for a game that has no battle royale, it had two hundred thousand plus current concurrent players on Steam alone <laughs> on one on launch day. So, hmm, weird, weird how that works. Um, but also, we've got so much coverage, guys. Game Informer had the cover reveal for Halo Infinite. IGN first all month long is covering the game. I saw f- what like five minutes of new gameplay today that IGN dropped. Um, which showed off the new uh, skimmers, which are new enemy type, which was pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, everything I've seen thus far on both the GI stuff and IGN stuff has me immensely, immensely excited for the campaign. And I still believe it's going to be really fucking good. And it's, you know, it's just showing very well with everything I've seen thus far. And I probably took in too much content because there were some light spoilers. They played the first four hours of the game, but I'm fine with it. You watched? I watched every single thing because I'm like, I need to see some campaign. Why? But it, it really wasn't. The, the light spoilers were inconsequential. And like, there are things that I would have been like, yeah, okay. I already kind of expected that. So it wasn't anything, you know anything surprising as long as, as long as you're happy yeah I'm happy. I, I'm happy yes i'm very happy <laughs> uh gage what were your impressions of uh the gi and ign stuff uh i didn't watch too much i am trying to go in fairly blind for the campaign i did watch i think it was ign's multiplayer gameplay and uh it was it was certainly a treat to watch yeah but oh, no. uh, yeah it was uh doom all over again <laughs> oh boy yeah, but I haven't watched too much of the campaign stuff. I'm I'm purposely trying to go in as fresh as possible when it comes to the story. Yeah, which is fair. Uh, as soon as I saw they only played the first four hours, I was like, I'm fine. Anything they revealed to me here, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna break anything, and it it didn't for me. I'm, I'm okay. for sure. So, yes, uh, Christian Rowe, have you guys been watching this coverage? Are you are you guys any more excited about the campaign for Halo Infinite multiplayer? What are your guys' thoughts? I haven't seen a single minute of campaign game besides, <sighs> I don't know, when they showed it off the second time? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I saw some... I've been watching some streamers play the multiplayer, but I haven't seen any, any more campaign stuff. I still have to beat Halo 2, Dan. I still have to beat Halo 2. What Call- am I doing watching Halo Infinite game <laughs> campaign gameplay? Call me up. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, after playing multiplayer... Like playing more Halo, so maybe I will. I, I told you the way to do it. Play it on easy. Call me up. We'll freaking power through that campaign in no time. <laughs> I want to talk to you guys about the multiplayer and your issue because I just want to hear. Because I know you guys love it, All but right. I know there's some like underlining 
If that's the next story, of course, if there's something else before. This is what I've been waiting for. Yeah, this is what, this <laughs> is what right. I want to hear about. All right. We were just stringing you along, but I guess <laughs> we'll move into it. Halo Infinite's. So this is our biggest, you know, point of discussion right now. And Halo Infinite's battle pass is definitely a divisive one right now. Obviously, 343 was applauded when they announced their battle pass uh, in terms of you can keep it forever. Once you buy it, you can progress through it whenever you want. But little did anyone know it was going to take like three years to progress through the season one battle pass. <laughs> but no, that's a joke. But that's a little. That's a little. <laughs> I, I have you know, to leave you for a second. <laughs> no, that's a little too crazy. It does. It's not going to take three years. But anyways, yes. Uh, the issues right now. Progression is too slow. Uh, you don't get XP gains on a per match basis. You get XP solely based on challenges. And one of my problems with the challenges is like they're not like simple challenges or like challenges that you can get any match like these challenges are very specific so like you have to be in a big team battle match with a wraith on the map in order to get to destroy a wraith like that's oh. one of the challenges and like that's so specific and you don't think that's a big deal but wraiths are already like very rare in big team battle which is a whole another issue that i have with big team battle that they drop in the most powerful vehicles at the very last second of big team battle. I'm just like, no, let us enjoy these vehicles. I want to enjoy them. Um, so that, that those are a couple of problems that I had. And I think gauge as well has, um, there's another problem that I personally have and me and Kate, me and gauge differ slightly in this respect. The armor coatings, I personally am okay with, uh, armor coatings are like, things that have colors already um, attached to them and textures and all of these, you know, minglings that make up a, a armor coating, so to speak. Like shader. I'd say, it, it, yeah, a full body shader is a great way to put it. Yeah. Full body uh, shader. Yeah. Yes. And like my issue isn't with that. My issue is there are coatings that you can only use with specific armor sets. So I'll give you an example. They have some really cool armor coatings in the uh, in the store uh, for the HCS Halo Championship Series, which is their pro um, pro teams. There's like I think nine different teams on there that all have their own designs, and they all look really cool. They look banging. But I really liked the Cloud Nine one, so I picked it up and I was like, "This is cool." And then I I put it on and realized I can't change any of my Spartan's armor. I have to use the Spartan armor that that is attached to that coating. So like it's a whole set, and I'm like, ah, I don't like that. Yeah. I want to have the coating separate from all of the armor, so I can pick what armor I want with that coating. But again, these are all like cosmetic things. So like those things, like in terms of our armor coatings, can be. I mean, fixed eventually, and they're not the end of the world, for instance. Like, yes, it would be great to be able to express myself the way exactly I want to, and that's the way Halo always has been. However, like, gameplay is, you know, king at the end of the day, and it's fantastic gameplay. So, but anyways, so that's why I kind of push that off a little bit. Um, there are some other issues that I have, like the Banshee feels a little weak and underpowered, um, whereas the Wasp, which is the UNSC flying vehicle, it feels very, very good, I feel like, or at least somewhat better than the Banshee. Um, 
so yeah just specific things like that but like that's nitpicking and yeah gauge i'm gonna pass it to you on your thoughts on progression and obviously it's very slow very slow it is slow yeah um so i agree with you in terms of core gameplay uh the only issues i have are small little nitpicks and i actually what I, I can't even think of any off the top of my head i so gameplay i think they absolutely nailed it and I think they deserve a lot of kudos for that because I don't think anyone was expecting that. I think people were expecting it, hoping it was going to be good, but that it was going to satisfy one of the camps, either the classic fans or the modern fans. And what they did in terms of game design to please both was super unexpected and it absolutely works. Like, I love the fact that sprints in the game, but sprints only like something like 2% faster than walking. So it's not even really necessary. There's aim down sights, but it doesn't change the accuracy of your weapon. Lots of really smart compromises. So they deserve a lot of credit for that. I'm saying this before I bash them for, for customization. So I get, I, I think, it, I think it is just like I say, the Larry David in me where I get more annoyed at something. If I can see the, reason behind it and the reason is something that i disagree with so again like you said dan from halo one which launched in 2001 from then all the way up until this game we've been able to choose the colors of our spartan and now all of a sudden the first halo with a battle pass suddenly you can't do that suddenly the armor coatings Mm -hmm. are are so i forget what they said something about this it's so complicated and we use lots of different layers and materials so we just can't edit them sorry which I'm like, well, that probably doesn't make sense because how do you make them yourselves? Anyways, that's besides the point. It's a small symptom of a larger problem, which is that this is the first Halo that we are seeing that lives in this live service environment. And what effect does that have on a game where, you know, customizing your Spartan and and expressing yourself has been a core staple? Like, how do those two things coexist? And what I've seen... and what I think m- the overwhelming majority of the community has seen is that they don't coexist at all. It, it's not, at least not in its current state. So you've got something like somebody pointed out on the subreddit, which by the way is filled with everybody rationally and, and, and um, calmly legitimately like, no people are, people aren't being, people aren't being oh, really? assholes about it. No, oh, yeah, okay. legitimately. <laughs> um, just tons of posts where you see three, four, three, please, this needs to be addressed or three, four, three, here's an alternative. I think it's pretty clear that the community, most of the community, is is thinks there's a problem here, and that's because you have things like the color gray. If you want a flat gray uh, armor coating, that's tier ninety nine. So get get to challenges, oh. get to challenges, right? And it's I think the compromise that I have that a lot of people, and I'm not going to claim that I've made this up. A lot of people have been saying this is that the two way the way that these two things can coexist is that you have these armor coatings, which are you know. Colors, uh, primary, secondary, tertiary, displaced how they are. You can't change it. You can't change the materials of it, but you can change those colors, right? If you, if there's an armor coating that is, you know, all black except he's got a red stripe on his shoulder, well, you can make it white and blue, or you can make it green and yellow, but it stays how it is. And I think that's what a lot of people want to see. I don't think that we'll get that. I think that's too much of a compromise, but I, I do have an, an issue with that, and it's just because it's for the purpose of the battle pass and it's against the, the identity of what halo is, which is expression, make your Spartan, how you want to make them. Well, now you have to unlock these armor pieces in this order along with everybody else. And I hope your favorite color is near the beginning of the battle pass. Cause if not, you're out of luck. Well, my hope is at least is that it, it is released right now as a beta. So they are doing it to like, hopefully improve 
some of these uh, like get get feedback from people in terms of the battle pass and customization because it seems like it's not from what you're saying and from what I've seen on Twitter, just not the best that it could be right now. So let's hope by the time December eighth rolls around that those tweaks have been made or or like steps are in progress to to fix those at at that point. Yeah, the, the I have I haven't I'm, I, again I'm not the hugest or the biggest Halo guy or in the community as much as you or as much as Dan and, and Gage are, but my biggest gripe with it is is the battle pass so far and how and I feel like most games do it this way where the challenges are always a bonus to your XP, yeah. not the not the sole way of, of leveling up. So that was a little confusing as to why I have to do something so specific and as as Dan alluded to or said earlier that these these things are so specific and also so dependent on on, on chance and luck. It's not has I mean, it has to do with skill once you have get it to actually appear, but getting it to appear in the first place is is so random and just right. up to the up to the game itself. And I just wish that if I I wish it was more metal based and like performance based, and then the challenges right. were just a, a bonus. Like if I'm doing amazing, which will never happen, but if I have a good game <laughs> and I'm like doing double kills and like a slayer and <laughs> like for some some crazy, I'm having a great game. And then I just don't do any challenges. Then I, I I didn't do anything on my battle pass. It's just it's still there, which is I think the biggest issue that's that's in the game right now. Which again is 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 kind of good because the game is play is is good. That right. that's the thing that's that's the, the biggest issue, which is something they can fix. And Dan, I think we you tweeted on Twitter that they they have been looking at this feedback and are planning to make small fixes at least as yeah. soon as next week or something like that. I don't know if it's this specific issue, but they are looking at the feedback, which is great. Yeah. Well, and sorry, sorry just, just real quick, just that, that hypothetical isn't even a hypothetical because Dan and I were actually playing this past weekend or the, sorry, this, uh, I guess would have been Monday. Um, and, uh, Dan was being Dan, the Wheelman Dan <laughs> and driving me around. And I was in the back of the warthog, uh, he and I were at the top of the leaderboard. You only get half the points for being a wheelman, unfortunately. I think you should get the full right. points for the kill, but that's maybe not the full kill, but the full points for it. Anyways, I had I had like 25 kills, 3,000 score, whatever. Dan was right below me, uh, and he had like a little bit more than half that because of how it divvies out the assists and all that stuff. And because I didn't get my fifth kill with the battle rifle, I got nothing for that much. I didn't get anything. Nothing. Yeah. And yeah. I w- sorry, go ahead, sorry, starting. No, I would say that that's probably the only negative thing about having the battle pass not expire is that they have to figure out a way to keep players invested in order to maintain that. They have to like tweak it. I yeah. mean, what's the alternative here? I guess like to fix it is just to have challenges that are <laughs> not as specific. I-, I would suppose. I don't know how mm-hmm. you guys what you guys think. Yeah. And like the weird thing is, is like the in, the way they do it in Master Chief Collection, you get match XP and you get it based on your performance in the match, like medals, like Ro was talking about. Like that's how Master Chief Collection works. So it is a little surprising that they. It's almost in my mind, I see it as them just having oversight, I guess, for how Infinite's progression system was laid out. Personally, I don't think it was anything malicious or anything tied to necessarily the free-to-play part of the game and microtransactions and such. I think it was more oversight on their behalf as far as the progression system goes. Um, and it's almost like the, you know doing something different just for the sake of doing something different. Like Master Chief Collection does it so well, just do it like Master Chief Collection. There's challenges and match XP. Um, but yeah, uh, 
Yeah, I, th- I don't know. It, it, it's definitely something they're listening to. I don't think that customization will be addressed by launch. I just don't think that's feasible because it's such a big part of the game. Uh, but I definitely think they will take that feedback into next year and make changes to the customization to kind of make you know a middle ground for people. Um, because like Gage said, there are a lot of people that are upset about customization, um, which is fair. But yes, as Ro was saying, they have already addressed the battle pass progression. And uh, John Unishek, who's community manager for 343, he already said on Twitter, uh, this was a statement from 343, to start, we'll be adding play one game challenges to help make sure you consistently progress through the battle pass by playing matches the way you want. So essentially, you just have to play a match to get uh, this challenge completed, which is exactly what we want uh, match xp um and also we'll also be adjusting fixing bugs with and removing some weekly challenges based on your feedback that's kind of the ones that i was talking to you about like killing specific vehicles and all these other weird ones that you're just like how do you do that uh these these tunings to challenge difficulty will help you progress through weekly challenges faster and thus directly speed up your progress through the battle pass when we make this update we'll need to reset your challenges including your progress towards weekly ones to make up for this reset we're granting everyone this week's ultimate reward sigil mark 7 visor to everyone who logs in from november 23rd to november 30th Additionally, we will be doubling the duration of double XP boosts to now last one hour as opposed to 30 minutes. We hope this helps people get the most out of them, especially during those longer BTB sessions. Oh, I love that. And we'll be watching these changes closer, closely to make sure they have the positive impact we all want on your progression. This is only our first step, and we are committed to continue evolving these systems, but it will take time. Thank you for joining our beta, and keep the feedback coming. So it's awesome that they're already addressing many of these concerns with the progression system, and obviously they're still tweaking it. So when I use my 306 double XP tokens now, I get one hour for each one of them. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have 306 double XP tokens. It, it's it's a, when I log in next week. It's a very it's a very good first step in a 50 yard dash. It, it is. I, I'm happy with this stuff. It is unfortunate for to see how they're. I, I don't know. I can kind of see how they don't want to budge on this because the the update we got was well. We know you guys don't like challenge based XP, so we've made the challenges a little bit easier. As opposed to, they didn't give us any concrete answer on whether they're looking into per match XP, per metal XP, which is, again, oh, they did. what a lot of people want. They did say per match XP that they were looking into that uh, a while ago. That was on one of their progress reports for um, uh, the flight. Yeah, I update. did read that one. In that same paragraph, they, they'd say that they're looking into it. However, we would feel really confident in the challenge XP. So that one was a wish, wishy-washy for me. But yeah. It is, it is good to see feedback so early because there's a lot of developers that don't give any feedback. Looking at you, Rockstar, they <laughs> you scream, <laughs> yelling at a brick wall when it comes to trying to get a response from Rockstar. So I love the, the, uh, the uh, communication that they have with the community. And this is a good first step. I Like, like we've all said, the, the core gameplay is absolutely perfect. It's awesome. It feels really fun to play, and I'll be playing it no matter what. I just you know, A lot of people just wish that... It was a bit more rewarding to to work towards stuff while playing it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, moving into our last story, guys. Uh, I just added this as a cool little 
nod here. I thought it was pretty cool. The Halo Infinite Series X, if you use a black light, you can see a hidden Easter egg on the Series X, which is really cool, where you see a Zeta Halo symbol in the middle of the stars on the console, which is just On the super front? Cool. Yeah. That's you, cool. You use a black light, yeah. That's really cool. Um, which, uh, unfortunately, I was supposed to get mine today. Don't have it yet. You still didn't get oh. yours, eh? Yeah, FedEx Oof. has it in limbo somewhere, so hopefully that I comes took it soon. Yeah. <laughs> Christian. I used well, it to play Skate me... 2. Yeah. Skate 1. Let me tell you, Dan, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's sitting right It's sitting right there. Right, right there. Get out of here. Get out of here. All right, anything else before we close out the show, guys? This has been a long one. I apologize. I will download Halo Infinite for Dan. Yes, let's go. All right, we let's should all go. we all need to play. We all need to squad up together. It's you know cross platform. We all squad up. Dan and I and a, and a couple of uh, friends are all going to be on Friday night. So let's ha- let's make it happen, boys. Join us. Pop in for a game or two. Dip your toes in the water. See if you like the temperature. Maybe come on in. Yes. <laughs> yes. I might. I might. Podcast PXN Halo Night. Never thought I'd utter with those words. <laughs> Anyways, thank you to, again to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on Twitch, as well as Twitter, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Gage. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. See ya. Keep on rocking in the free world. I love you. <laughs>